0: Um, um,
1: So I started the recording because I heard this quote while we're talking about this whole, like, living in the future to make decisions about the future. Um, yeah. I heard this incredible quote that said entrepreneurs are change makers, you know, like the people that really care about things outside of themselves, which is kind of like the people that I am hoping is listening to this podcast, the people that want to see a change or make a difference. Right. Yeah. Like with brushy having brushy because they just want more people to ride or like us with the clinics because we want more people to get comfortable on a dirt bike or more independent confident all that jazz like racers trying to go out and and get sponsorships to chase this huge big goal if you have a goal that you're trying to achieve those people that are actually doers and makers they don't Mm -hmm. identify with happy or sad and I was like that doesn't make sense because like I feel like I'm happy all the time and (laughs) and I get kind of sad like I totally get that. And then Russell yeah. Brunson finished the quote and he goes, he's, you know, he's right along the same process of like, when somebody says something mean to me, I'm, I'm kind of sad. Like, I totally get that. I get down. And then the, the finishing of that quote is they don't identify with happy or sad. They identify with forward momentum or backstepping.
0: stepping." <laughs> In a okay. sense
1: of if you're making progress towards that goal, you're excited, you're jazzed. And if at any point in time something inhibits that goal or like for me, the thing that I experienced was when I came out to California and I felt like my riding got worse. That was my like I plummeted down the freaking mountain of emotions. I was like, everything sucks. I'm not good enough and all this jazz. Like. It makes total sense, right? <laughs> yeah. It kind of, it kind of struck a chord a little bit, um, well, anyway, it's like Christmas Day. Hello, Angel. Sorry, it's Christmas Eve. Eve. (laughs) It's Christmas Eve, um, and we were gonna record this on, like, Thursday, but I've been sick all week, so sorry for the auditory cringeness of the fact that I'm still sick while we're recording this, and we're at, like, the end of the line to record this, so we're gonna record it anyway. Um. Hello All of the
0: wonderful noise, nose noises.
1: <laughs> yeah. Sorry, world. I'm I'm really sorry. It's not pleasant via auditory listening or whatever. But welcome to the podcast. Foster we're Underground. Good. I don't know. I don't have like a cool intro or anything figured out yet. This is just kind of what we're running with.
0: So run, run, run. You haven't figured out what you're going to do. You're going to get, like, a bunch of instruments and learn how to play them all and write your own music. and
1: <laughs> Yeah, something like that. Um, <laughs> so I made some progress this week, and I made some not awesome progress this week towards the sponsorship quest. Angels all stoked over here.
0: Um, if you're
1: watching this on YouTube, I'm going to share my screen so if you're listening to this on the podcast and you want to see what we're talking about, you should probably just go watch the YouTube video. I don't know. Um, but, so I've got two things to show you, Miss Angel.
0: Do-do-do-do. do
1: do 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 Seeing if I was really good, I would have had this all sorted out already. Look, Santa's <laughs> on his
0: way. What? Yeah, oh, apparently. Oh, yeah, the Murad thing. You can track him not creepy at all I was
1: just gonna say that's not creepy <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing that I wanted to show you is this the TKO I call them client avatars audience avatars this is kind of what we were talking about earlier this week when I said it's really important to understand your audience and we can dive into that in a in when I explain this but basically this is Carly Carly is an adventurous, free-spirited woman who recently entered a relationship. She has two dogs and frequently travels the country following her wanderlust to the next great adventure. She is an extreme athlete, but not a competitive pro-level athlete. She loves the challenge that dirt biking, and duro climbing, and mountain biking give her, but she doesn't want to run herself into the ground training anymore. She used to train for six to eight hours a day and loved it, but now that she's getting a little older, about 26, 27, she wants to take some time to enjoy being with the people around her, in addition to the lifestyle that she's come to love. She makes about forty to 60000 a year, piecing together odd jobs, entrepreneurial service, and sometimes picking up customer service. She's in a relationship with a retired pro motocross racer and extreme athlete who takes recreation to a whole new level. <laughs> Oftentimes, they go out to and enjoy the same activity, and while he does what he can to make the experience fun for her, she can't help but wonder or feel like she's holding the group back and that she doesn't want to take things nearly as gnarly as he does. Um, they don't have any kids, but they have two high-energy dogs who need a constant workout. They used to be an engineer, went through edu- went through the educational system, worked a nine-to-five for a few years, and felt trapped by their job and started getting frustrated how silly it seemed that people were wasting their time in the office talking about nothing. So they left the nine-to-five to live the life that they wanted and experience it how they want, working odd jobs and customer service to make cash when they need the funds. They feel that their job is a necessity. There is no passion or love behind what they do because they see it as an unnecessary evil. In order to do what you want, you need money and can't get money if you don't have a job. So they work in the summer when it's too hot to be outside and stack up as much money as they can until they can go out and travel and follow their passion. Mm-hmm. Um, does this sound a little a little familiar, Miss Angel? Slightly. <laughs> <laughs> so um, they spend as much time outside as possible and moving. They love yoga, rock climbing, hiking, biking, kayaking, canyoneering, hammock camping, and all forms of travel to see the world in different ways. They are concerned with simply living and experiencing life. The only concern is living a happy life. They're not worried about meeting someone. They're not worried about worldviews. They're concerned about healthy living only because it's already part of their lifestyle. They live healthy due to the circumstances of their passions and what they want from life. Being that Carly is an athlete by nature and is getting tired of the extreme nature of training, my coaching... Um, and social media following helps educate and fill that gap so that she can keep up, even lead the group and work on skills without trying to run herself into the ground as part of the process. Carly sees myself, me, Catherine, as a beacon of hope, a pillar of inspiration that not only women women compete in these extreme sports, that not only can women compete in these extreme sports, but they can do it in a healthy and achievable way. No six to eight hours training per day, no cutting carbs, no sacrificing work, and most importantly, no self-isolation. By following myself and the events that I help facilitate, Carly can find community not just local to her, but have an excuse to travel and meet other like-minded women who face the same struggles as Carly, creating a support system for her to take on her own challenges and continue to grow without pressure of holding anyone back, building confidence, and allowing her to have more fun and freedom down the road when she rides with her significant other again. (laughs) Can you see how... So I make these, I challenge people to make these audience avatars and they always come back and they're like, Catherine, I can't make audience avatars. Like, what's the whole point of this? I don't get it. Like, I'm just a racer. I don't have a product. I don't have, this is a a standard business tactic is that you want to understand who you're selling your stuff to. But the Mm -hmm. big thing that I always try and get people to understand is that you're not selling anything to your audience. You shouldn't be selling anything to your audience. You should not Mm -hmm. be like... Try it like for me with her moto. I don't ever sell her moto gear. You've never seen me be like buy this set of her moto. Gear. Look, it's right here. It's right here. Shove it in your face. Have I? No, I've never once done that to anybody, but as far as I'm aware, I'm the person that sells the most gear that I know of. Yeah. Um, and it's because I understand the pains that my audience experiences, and I know how to address them. And I believe in first of all, what I run? <laughs> and by understanding my audience stresses, right, this whole, from a young age, Carly was a shy kid in school. Her mother remarried as a, to an extreme athlete and became exposed to all sorts of various sports. First it was MMA, then it moved to parkour, road racing, and from there it exploded. Her sense of adventure grew from the first time she stepped on a dirt bike. The ability to commute in nature in ways you can get most other places and the ability to see places almost no one can go gave her a sense of freedom. But you can't always be on a dirt bike, so she started mountain biking as a great cross-training in the city suburbs replacement. Mountain biking gives her that same thrill and adventure, work on similar techniques, and gives her the ability to physically train as well. And soon after, she started seeing her significant other, who, much like her father figure, takes sports to the extreme. While she used to train and loved it, she doesn't find enjoyment in pushing herself like that anymore. But she doesn't want to hold her significant other and friends up either, so she's stuck in an awkward phase and unsure what to do. If I know these troubles, I have a whole, like network of different sponsors i could go to with this story yeah like the first the first obvious problem solution that comes up to me if she's stuck at an awkward phase and unsure what to do because her significant other can seriously outpace her on a mountain bike i should Mm -hmm. go find an e-bike company be like hey i have a female following and they're all super into sports but their significant others way beyond them Um, And I remember a time when I couldn't keep up with my significant other either. And the second that he was on a normal bike and I was on an e-bike, I could actually not only make it to the trail, but do the trail and still get the same workout as a regular bike. Like, that way I didn't have a heart attack before I even got to the trail that everybody else wanted to be on.
0: (laughs) So it's, am I right? (laughs) I just, I, when you were saying that, I was thinking about that myself. I'm like, oh my god, yeah, you guys ride to the trail. Like, when I mountain bike, I drive to the trail, so, it's a lot (laughs) further here, but, yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But the other really important thing is, is everybody's like, Catherine, what is, what is my audience avatar? Like, how do I fill this out? And I always say, it's yourself. Your, your target audience is always yourself three or four or even five years before um, before the thing that you're doing now, right? Because you, you went on this journey, you went on this process to like figure out uh, uh, a thing. There was this big thing that happened and you got really excited about that thing and suddenly you made it your life and you want to help other people with that. Well, like you got really excited about this thing that you do. There was something about the thing that you're doing. Everybody has a selfish reason. There's there's a reason you started doing what you're doing and there was a selfish reason you pursued it. And then mm-hmm. something changed in that yeah. in that process. And it became something a lot greater than whatever your selfish reason was. But it's yeah. really important to understand what that original selfish reason was. Because when that break happened and you grew as a person and became more connected with your community or, like, you found a place that you belong, whatever your huge thing is, is about, like, why you love the community, why you want to help it grow, that that shift that happened, your, mm-hmm. like, ultimate fan is in that state before that shift happened. So, like, I don't know if you've picked up on this or not, Angel, but my mm-hmm. audience seems to be women that have gone through really tough, horrendous relationships that Have had really brutal breakups and are now using motorcycles as a way to say fuck you to the world. And and it's like a mean, shift.
0: Huh.
1: <laughs> what was that, Angel? Is it, who does that remind me of? <laughs> <laughs> but there's there's like a shift that happens when we all hang hmm. out for long enough or follow, follow together long enough that yeah. it's not about that anymore. And it's incredible when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> right I've helped you I've helped you make that change I hope oh anyway. yeah
0: for sure yeah no I remember you know when we first met I was like on the verge of quitting dirt biking because of my significant other not being with me anymore and, and it was just like how am I gonna do this and then when I first met Catherine uh, I went to actually take pictures of her while she was doing a race and I had not yet seen a woman racing and let alone no one and she was kind of badass and it was just like super inspiring so after that like I was really able to kind of get out of my head and just go out and ride more and then of course she was super uh supportive and encouraging and so that was obviously very helpful as well but um but yeah no I totally like I feel this Carly is like me (laughs) and that's how it should be ideally like
1: when I write these out I kind of showed you one that I did for my clinics and it was quite literally exactly you like I typed you out on a page kind (laughs) of freaky right it was a little bit I was like hey wait a minute (laughs) (laughs) but I do that because I actually love hanging out with you angel I love talking to you all the time like we we were on a we planned, we scheduled a 30 minute call and it turned into a six hour meeting. And you were like on your bed, <laughs> kicking your legs, texting. And I was like, this is what I imagine a sleepover feels like. And that's yeah. the kind of people that you want around you. Like, those are the people that are going to lift you up. Those are the people that are really going to listen to what you have to say. And those are the people that really admire you. And I don't know why you wouldn't want to be surrounded by like your best friend that supports yeah. you that isn't related to you, yeah. you know? So, if you write out your own story in in a way that helps you identify the type of people you actually want to hang out with, I'm not saying write out like super depressing relationship. don't know don't know what to do with my life. Like that's not what I wrote here, is it? Yeah. No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't no. write that at all
1: instead it's coming from a place of understanding a place of empathy right from a young age she's always been told that she needs to be independent do things on her own she fully believes she needs to be a self-sufficient powerhouse so she allow so she only takes baby steps When she trained, she never took on big challenges, just tiny little ones, because if she spent too long working on a section that everyone else made it through, then she could hear her so-called friends telling her she needs to hurry up, we're all waiting on you, when really no one said any of those things. She remembers the times she got lost in the desert or the woods or the mountains because her riding groups didn't wait for her, because she went last thinking she didn't want to hold anyone up. She just assumes, based on her previous experiences, that's how everyone feels. If she dropped her bike, she doesn't know if she could pick it up again in certain situations she's always thinking of the worst outcomes and that's holding her back for fear of holding the group up. Yep. Like, it sounds really horrible to write that out. Like that's the type of person that I want to work with, but that's not the type of person I want to work with. That's the type of person I want them to have that experiences because I can talk to them and I can understand where they're at and I can show them how to make it better. Yeah. Right. When she heard she's frustrated that that has been her experience. She knows that that shouldn't happen and that those friends were really assholes. Like I'm specifically picking people who have made that conscious decision of like this shit's fucked. I don't want to do this anymore. And she only figured that out by meeting writers and taking classes where she experienced the kind of atmosphere that promotes challenges. Yeah. So then this is where that like story comes in. And this is where it's really easy to make it impossible for sponsors to say no. When she heard Catherine had been issued the TKO challenge, she sees that as a beacon of inspiration, a calling to follow. She already met and admires this person. To see that person she looks up to is taking on a big challenge, so it shows her that she can take on big challenges too. And I took that literally word for word from our meeting a little earlier this week. Yeah. <laughs> because you kind of spoke. You kind of spoke for a lot of the other women that issued me the TKO challenge, but even they are also texting me on the side and giving me these huge, like really supportive, encouraging messages about doing this thing. And it's like, I would never have that support network of all of these women. Like, Catherine, it's so cool that you're doing this challenge. It's so epic. Like, just remember, it's always your own decision. Like, we won't be let down if you say this is too much. Like all of these women are sending me these messages and none of them would look up to me if I didn't show them. That I connect with them on this kind of level. Yeah, yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Right, so what are they currently interested in? Like why are people interested in me and how does that in turn go into sponsors? She wants to know what Catherine is doing, how she's training. What goes into this kind of thing? Is it healthy to take on something like this? How? How 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 are the biggest questions? The largest intrigue? So. By documenting the process from the challenge being issued to the end of the TKO race, Carly not only is able to watch both the successes and the struggles of taking on a challenge like this, but she benefits from seeing all the -the behind-the-scenes stuff that she can take into her own training, backyard trial setup, efficient training, strength versus cardio, food, and mechanicing. Carly gets to resonate with a hero. She gets to see that her idol is not only human, but just like her, giving her a chance and the inspiration to follow Catherine's footsteps, to look at Catherine and see herself, from the girl who first drowned her bike in a puddle and popped the chain to racing the only internationally recognized hard enduro race in the United States. And she did all of that in three years, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: having never been on a bike before she started three years ago. And it gives them hope that they can have the same success.
0: Is that an accurate depiction of you, Angel? <laughs> just slightly.
1: <laughs> but is it also an accurate depiction of myself?
0: Yeah, and it's also an accurate depiction of these other people that Valen told you into this challenge.
1: <laughs> like, right, they're everywhere. All of a sudden, when you
0: start thinking about
1: like who you are and the shift that you've made, and you start thinking like, how can I help other people do this too? You just did it. Today, yeah. like we just talked about this before I started the recording, you yeah. made your first clinic booking. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah. And yes. why did you make why did you actually take on the effort of like reaching out to somebody that we didn't know, right? It was the first time Nick and I didn't give you a contact to reach out. You found them yourself, you set it up yourself. Why?
0: Because I believe in it. I mean, I I've been through these clinics and I feel like everybody needs to do this. You don't know what you don't know until, like I said, I, I see you and Nick ride and the way you guys ride is so different. And you guys is the way you guys posture your body on your bikes is absolutely incredible. And so to learn those techniques and I, I felt like I was given the secret book, you know, and it was just, it really changed my riding. It really changed my confidence in me. And I feel like there's so many people that I've met who this would just resonate with. Like there's so many, not just women, men too, um, that are just not as confident on their bikes. They're constantly saying these things like, oh, I hold the group up or, oh, I don't want to go on this ride with these people because, you know, I, I'm not that good or whatever. And it's like, okay, well let's fix that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 100%.
1: And it's. It's crazy to me that that people will come to me saying, I think I should just get paid to win. And it's like and and so I, I ask them, I'm like, OK, why? Like, mm-hmm. what is the thing that happens when you win? And they go, oh, well, I get fame and fortune, you know, and it's like, no, 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 no. What is the effect of you winning? Like, why do you want to win? There's so many different ways to look at that question. And Nick's been helping me figure this out because I've always known this question from the point of view of a business. And I've had a couple racers stumble on this a little bit, and I'm starting to get it now that I'm doing this, which is good. Um, but like, what is the effect of you winning? I have listed out the effect of whether I win or not. It has a huge impact on the people that look up to me, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't care if I win this race, do you?
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> It would be freaking awesome. Just cause I mean, you know, you would, I, I could just envision the smile on your face, but I also know you and I know that like, you know, finishing and just getting through this, this being ridiculously hard enduro is what they should call it. Um, <laughs> that, that it's going to be just a huge, huge thing for you. And the pride that you're going to get from that, it's going to be like, I'm going to share that with you.
1: Yeah, so that leads me to my next question, because you are part of my audience and me as a racer, right? This isn't a business or anything. Why is it so important to you that I do that? I do the TKO
0: challenge. Because it shows me that I can do it too. One day I can do hard things. I can, you know, it's, it's inspiring. It's absolutely inspiring. And you, like you said, in your avatar, um, you know, you're you're showing everything—the good, the bad. It's great to see the humanness. It's not just you know wheelies all the time, and everything looks so cool all the time. You're showing you almost lost your hand while you were training. You know that, <laughs> that stuff that like you know people need to remember that people aren't just a hundred percent all the time. They're not flying through things all the time. That they're still you know, you're still training, you're still practicing and you're amazing and you're a coach and you're all these things, Um, but you're still learning. And that means that it's okay for me to still be learning too. Yeah, I like that. I
1: really like that. I think a really big thing to remember when it comes to audience and especially in like telling your story is that we don't connect with robots. I don't know about you, but I don't connect with robots. I think it's cool that Manuel Lettenbichler just got a straight clean shot of an entire season. I think that's really cool, but yeah. that's not why I like Manuel Lettenbickler. I like Manuel like Letten. I can't say his name so many times in a row when I can't breathe. I'm sorry, world. The reason I like Manny so much is because he's goofy. He's totally yeah. goofy. He's such a goon. He's got like his his um later hosen fox gear for the german the german thing he's got his little mullet and he's all camera shy like we connect with those things those are really important attributes that that we don't see in in a lot of racers and the the thing that you have to remember when it comes to sponsorships and telling your story if you're one of those people that's like I should get paid because I win then I challenge you to think somebody had to take a chance on Manny first some when he was 16 somebody had to take a chance on Tristan Hart because this Mm -hmm. year he just came from from the U.S. and they knew that you know if he may or may not do good like they had to Mm -hmm. take a proving chance they had to take a chance on Graham Jarvis even though he was doing wheelies on a bicycle as a kid they Mm -hmm. had to take a chance on Mark Marquez at some point when he was a kid like every Mm -hmm. single one of the champions had to plead their case first And there's something that they told to get their attention and make them want to see that person succeed. We might not see that, but I challenge you to think like, why do I like this person outside of racing? And the better question that I ask people that really opens the door is why Mm -hmm. do you not like this racer? What is it about this racer that you don't like? And then they'll get into the whole personality. They're like, oh, well, he's too, he's too straight up. He's too polarizing. He talks about God too much. Whatever the thing is that annoys you about, about a certain racer, that means that your brand is the opposite, <laughs> yeah. like whatever, whatever the, thi- like the reason he's so polarizing is because he's made a stand and that stand is what companies want to see because he stands mm-hmm. for. Um, X, y, and Z, right? It's just like mm-hmm. matching there was a case study that happened a while ago where I forget who the racer was. It was a NASCAR racer, and he took Chick-fil-A and Monster Energy as two sponsorships. And they both bought one side of his rV or one side mm-hmm. of his like race trailer.
0: Yeah,
1: um, I don't know if you know this or not, but Chick-fil-A is super conservative, like mm-hmm. closed on Sundays, uh, very, very, very on that side of the, the scale and Monster Energy wanted to have like 90% naked girls in front of his trailer, <laughs> you know, like and they're all about sexy and fun and all of this high energy. They wanted to have pyrotechnics and all this jazz. You can't have both. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of people trip up. They're like, well, but both of them are going to give me money. So I got to make both of them happy. It's like, no, you're going to get more money from one of them, if you pick them, yeah. And you say, Hey, there's, there's like a bid going on. We can do a, a full set or not, but you have to pick like, cause if you don't pick, you're going to lose both. Yep. yep. Um, yeah. yeah. And by figuring out who you are, who your audience is and why you do what you do, it'll make that decision so much easier, so much easier. And then you won't feel like you have to walk into a car dealership in a button up shirt, like collar clothes, suffocatingly tight tie and the dress pants when your real aesthetic is like the ripped muscle shirts with the mohawk and the Viper sunglasses. Like you should not be working for somebody if you think that you have to go into the office in a button up shirt like that. Yeah.
0: Um, and all of that just comes down to your audience. And I'm going on a rant. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good rant, though. I think that was a, a really good way to paint that.
1: Yeah. So all of this is hard. This is just one part of the process. You know, there's so much that goes into the, just this whole thing. Like you have to figure out your own story. I didn't type out my story. I done, I done goofed because I'm sick, but this is kind of what it looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, but the other thing I really wanted to show you is everybody's like, this is really cool. Now, what do I do to talk to like, how do I problem solve for sponsors? I'm like, well, Mm -hmm. I know my, my target audience right now. I know who's in my audience, my, my, My audience avatar, Yep, it's also what we call a macro audience. So now I lead off with like, how do you know me, right? This is how you get sponsorships as a racer and not a business. How do you know me? She coached me. I raced with her, rode with her at some point, social media. um, Haven't ridden with her yet, but would like to. Haven't taken a clinic with her yet, but would like to. And what this does is it gives me a really good spectrum to say, Mm -hmm. hey, this is where people are seeing me. So Mm -hmm. I could get sponsorships for training, sponsorships for racing, sponsorships for coaching, and have those split up into three different segments because there's different people that do different things, right? i probably have a higher male um, presence in riding and racing with me, but a much higher female presence in coaching. So like who I would get to sponsor me for one or the other would be different.
0: And for the podcast, the audio version of this, she's pulling up a... Um, like a questionnaire right now. Oh, thank so. you. <laughs> people, people listening are probably like, what is she talking about? <laughs> yeah, I pulled up a survey,
1: so I built a survey and this is. I need to refine this. There's a couple questions missing. And I'm going to send it out, but I think it's important. And the next most important question is, if a company sponsors, whatever the thing is that you want them to sponsor for whatever the thing is that you're trying to do are you more likely to consider their product or service for future purchases assuming price and quality are the same super huge 90 yeah. uh, like at least 95% of everybody who fills this out is going to say yes or maybe like the only time i get somebody that says no or are people that intentionally go through the survey to troll and they just fill out the other and it's like this is stupid. Why am I even doing this? It's like, yeah. why are you doing this? <laughs> Don't fill it out if you're so if you're so angry. Yeah. And some people will say, well, that's really biased. You're skewing the information. It's like, no, my audience and my reach is filling out the survey. Yeah. So yeah, I might have a hater or two, but they're not part of my audience. Yeah. Like if somebody fills out the survey and puts this as stupid for every single question, their <laughs> answers don't count. I'm sorry. They don't. <laughs> yeah. Now, if they genuinely have like negative feedback for me, like they don't like my personality or whatever. Okay, I'll consider it. But if only two people fill out the negative survey out of 100, that's still 98% of the world says that they would consider a company. And it's just consider, not even like, will you be loyal to this person? It's just strictly consider.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and in the past six months, which of the following hobbies have you participated in? And there's a huge, massive list of all of these hobbies. Why do I have these hobbies on this survey? Uh, yep. I'll probably talk about that in the next podcast or whenever I launch this survey. We'll go into, like, analyzing audience data. But the basics yep. is whatever gets filled out in the survey are the first people you reach out to. Like, if yep. a massive amount of my audience likes mountain biking, I'm going to go to a mountain bike. Yep. I'm gonna go talk to La Sportiva, you know, just basics like that. And then what magazines do they read? Not, not part of a subscription that you immediately throw away, but which ones do you actually read? And I do this because this is where media partnerships come up. And the other side is so it's there's two sides to this question. We're like, if everybody actually reads Dirt Bike Action Magazine, I should probably mm-hmm. figure out who the heck is in Dirt Bike Action Magazine and ask them if I could do an interview with them for free mm-hmm. instead of paid and then mm-hmm. have them put me in the magazine. Yeah. And then I can use those numbers and stats to grow my audience beyond what I have. Or the other side of it is who is in Dirt Bike Action Magazine paying for ads that I can go to and say, hey, listen, these people are like reading a magazine, but are they skimming it or are they actually reading it? You know, like I have way more engagement with my audience than a magazine does. So you should probably consider talking to me. <laughs> Same thing with like, what programs do you watch? What non-motorsports magazines do you read? Um, what sports do you watch? How, Im- and these are very specific questions because I'm going after a very specific sponsor with these questions. How important, oh geez. <laughs> How important is finding organic food to you, produce, veggies, meats, cheeses, teas, coffee, you name it, versus how important is finding organic products to you as soaps, cleaners, deodorants, candles, you name it. Do you struggle with corrective lenses when you ride? Do you find your hair gets snarly, tangled, or damaged when you ride? Do you ride when you ride multiple days in a row or increase the time that you ride in a week? Does your skin break out? And these are all (laughs) angels nodding excitedly. Why are you nodding excitedly?
0: I am like, so when I started riding more this summer, before this last summer, I had only gotten like six to ten hours of seat time a year, and so this past summer I rode more than ever, and my face was an absolute wreck. And it just I'm like sweating all the time. I felt like I was just like, oh my god, like I am not in high school. What is going on? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like then of course being single and trying to date, like that was it was kind of a self-conscious moment. So and knowing that I have a lot of writing that's going to happen, especially starting at the beginning of the year this next year, I'm like okay, where are you going with this? Cause now I am already like, who are you gonna be using as your sponsor? Cause I,
1: (laughs) exactly right. Because you are my target audience and you are also me in a lot of ways. So a lot of the problems that I struggle with and that I'm working through and solving the second that I solve them, it would be stupid of me not to share them with you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Is that selling? Yeah, no, it's not. It's sharing, like you said. And that's something. So we've already talked about this uh, Tennessee women's group that we have got going on. I mean, we are constantly sharing ideas and like, we're talking about Christmas and stuff like that. I mean, that's just what you do with your people. And I feel like this is just identifying your people in a mass amount, people that you haven't maybe met yet, but they're still your people. They're just not they don't know it. Yeah.
1: And the other really important thing is, is I could go to sponsors and I could say, Hey, this is my audience. Like, listen, they really struggle with breakouts. And they they really struggle with like their hair getting all ratty and stuff. And then what happens if those people sponsor me? And it's a complete flop because only two people I know in my audience struggle with that, but that they're two people that are closest to me. Yeah. So it's really important to get this data to know that you're providing the people that look up to you with the stuff that they need to solve their problems. Yeah. That makes like, sense. Super important because if you're just giving them a whole bunch of useless stuff, then you're talking to the wrong people. <laughs> yeah. Um but the big important thing is is if if all of my if would you find that helpful if I if I not only talked to one sponsor, but many different skincare sponsors and like worked through them with a lot of the stuff and then came back and was like, Hey, I worked with these three people. Like, this is what I found out with each brand. Um, do with that information would with what you will, if one of them did really well for my skin, would you be more likely to look at them and be like, I should probably try those people? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that's that's the whole thing. Everybody's all like, yeah, you're selling something. I'm like, I never told anybody price tags. It's mm-hmm. not that's the other thing. It's not an affiliate commission. It could be. You could do it as an affiliate commission. And that would be cool if you did. Um, but it's not worth it, I think, to do affiliate commissions. And it's more important to just get that initial upfront or maybe a monthly basis for payment and then kind of genuinely be invested in each other because if it's an affiliate commission they don't have any skin in the game. Yeah. There's no there's no there's no threat to them if this doesn't work. It's 100% on you and that's really stressful.
0: <laughs> Where, and then
1: that's when you start selling stuff and you're you're desperate to make a sale to get a paycheck and that's not cool. Versus yeah. if they end up paying you, they're invested. They have to make it work. They have to help you to yeah. make it successful. Otherwise it's on them for not being successful. Yeah. Um, cool. Anyway, there was another rant. Should probably just crop that out and put it in a different episode. We'll make a different episode about it. We'll just start everything right up front, and then nobody will listen to the first 20 episodes because they're terrible. (laughs) Um... And then I I asked this really generic question. I think I'm going to take it out, but it says, is there a brand or an idea that you would like to see in the motorsports industry that you think would be good for the riding community as a whole? And I only ask this because I'm looking, this is way more helpful when you're talking about events. Like at my clinics, I ask, what's one thing you wish the clinics had more of? And that's just Mm -hmm. looking for, I want people to tell me what is wrong so -hmm. that I can find a way to fix it. And I really like Courtney's idea of for races for women, um I forget what she called it It was like sunshine potty or something but it's basically just like one of those little kitty porta porta things where it's just this little dish right and it's got the little toilet seat on it but she'd hang like a little shower curtain so that you didn't have to go walking a mile into the woods at a race stop oh yeah <laughs> So you didn't have to go walking for a million miles and then still get walked up on because I've been walked up on a lot trying to pee <laughs> in the woods at a race. Um, and I was like, that's really brilliant. You know, it's not. It doesn't have to be this big, beautiful thing that pertains directly to you. It could be solving a problem. Yeah. Um. Too. If you just want to help at local races, set up porta potties for women because <laughs> because they need to be out there, but it's too far to get out there. And then I just ask a bunch of generic demographics, like what's their occupation, what's their age, what's their gender, what's their household income, what state do they live in? Do they rent or own their home? How many children do they have? What's the highest level of education? And I do that because you start to get an idea of, of who's in your audience, right? I've gotten a lot of sponsorships by saying, hey, my the majority of my audience is like 39% female, And of those 39%, 80% of them are women in their mid-30s with three to four kids. Is this your target audience? And they always come back and say, yes, we want (laughs) to work with that audience because those women that fit those statistics are the decision makers of the household.
0: Like Mm -hmm. usually
1: when it comes to healthcare, like I was talking with a physical therapist company, they're like, the women that are moms in their mid-30s have to take care of the husbands. They just do. Like Mm -hmm. Especially if you're in extreme sports, they're the ones that set up all the appointments for the kids, for the parents. If we could get their attention, that's Mm -hmm. important to us. So you don't even have to have this huge, long, elegant story about this stuff. If you just have the right demographics, you can go to anybody. Yeah.
0: That makes sense. Um,
1: And then, like, do you rent or own your home? You could talk to renter's insurance if the majority of your your audience rents or like homeowner's insurance if they own their home. You know, there's a lot you can gain from these kinds of demographics. I have a whole class on that. Here's my shameless plug. If you want to learn how to actually write all of these surveys, your audience avatars, and all of the extra information that goes into this like background stuff and how to decipher your survey information, I have a whole training on it. You can find it at one of two places, www.leakymushroom.com, and then just click on the little sponsorship link. Or you can go to com backslash sponsorship. I know it's a mouthful, but one of those two will take you to the same place. <laughs> anyway, and then it's just $7. This training is just $7. So don't do not not get it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's that been the the most beneficial training I think I've given anybody. But we're talking about it here, sort of. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, like I think that that's really important too to know because like if if your entire audience is 18 year olds who make $10,000 a year or whatever, (laughs) like, you know, that's going to be a completely different set of sponsors that you're going to be looking at versus if you've got a bunch of 45 to 50 year old retired people with this, like $120,000 a year or, you know, something like that. It's wildly different. So I think that's really, really important. And I've, I've seen surveys like this in the past where people are like freaking out and they're like, why do you want to know how much money I made? Well, first of all, completely anonymous, You don't have to put your name in there. So I'm not going to know it's you. And second of all, this is really important information to know. So I, I really like that. That's really cool.
1: Yeah. So, um, one of my secret tips and tricks is I put at the top of the survey, I say thank you for taking the time to complete this survey. These are questions I get asked in direct sponsor conversations, and I need this information to find the right sponsors for the TKO challenge. Please note that this survey is 100% anonymous, no name, phone number, email, et cetera, info necessary, and none. Of these questions are required in order to complete the surveys. There is a question listed below that you are not comfortable answering or that doesn't apply to you. Simply skip it and move on to the next question. Thank you for your time. It means the world for me." And then I still get some people that are like, what the fuck? What's going on? And I literally just copy and paste that into the (laughs) comment section and they're like, oh, filled it out. Thank you. You know, they're like suddenly excited. I'm like, yeah, literally questions that sponsors want to know.
0: And I think that that's just uh, one of those things Like you know, we're, we're kind of peeking behind the curtain here and a lot of people don't realize that, you know, a lot of people have no idea, like, like me, I have no clue what goes into what a sponsor would ask for. So this is, this is really great information to know.
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's super helpful. Okay um section three potential non motorsports based sponsorships how likely are you to do each of the following in the next 18 months like change banks purchase sports equipment (laughs) sorry (laughs) um this is how you get into motorsports brands this is what everybody's missing how likely are your audience to purchase motorsports gear in the next 18 months motorcycle parts uh aftermarket parts how likely are you to purchase a street motorcycle or a dirt or adventure motorcycle or a truck or a car Or a van, you know, like, why do we need these answers? It's like, can you imagine if you walked up to Rocky Mountain and you said, hey, 98% of my audience said that they're going to buy aftermarket parts this year.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: How many of the people that message Rocky Mountain every single day through Instagram and say, I'm really cool. I can raise really well. I think you should give me money. How many of them can say that?
0: Yeah, no, none of them. Maybe like, like a million. Can you imagine the the
1: impact you would have for somebody who gets so many careless messages a day that that shows that you took the time to understand your audience and how you could benefit somebody before you reached out to them? Yeah, that's huge. Super huge. Um, so that's and- that's why we run a survey. Go ahead, Angel. Yeah.
0: For me, like coming again from completely not understanding this side of the world, but coming from an HR background, like doing interviews is the same thing, you know, it's oh my God, this person has no idea what our company does, or they didn't even read the job description, that sort of thing. Like, it's like, oh my God, I don't want to even talk to this person. I'm not even going to give them an interview. But it's those things like that, the people who have done their research, who, who state things like that in their presentation, like in their cover letter, rather, um, that's what catches your attention. And that's what sets people apart. And this to me is the same thing. This is like, your job interview yeah and then
1: I I asked these questions as brand presence so I structured my survey in a very specific way so that all of the most important questions were up front and all of the really lame questions that nobody wants to answer are at the very end yeah (laughs) the ones that are less important to me specifically when I'm thinking of custom sponsors everything's still important but I I structured it very very with purpose yeah. Um, and this one I like to I like to lay, leave these little notes for everybody for each section. Um yeah. I try to see what companies and brands are already present in my audience so I can see if there's a category king or not, and hopefully take that and find a spot for the big companies, the big names. Remember, yeah. none of these questions are required. Skip them if they make you feel uncomfortable, etc. But I do that so if 90% of my audience says that they run Wells Fargo, then I'll try and go to Wells Fargo and I'll say, hey. Um, I noticed that a ton of your following, like, is really invested in me. I think it would be a really good look and a really good thing to make your audience happy with you if you Mm -hmm. sponsored me. And that, that breeds, like, audience retention. And these big businesses, that's what they care about. These big Fortune 500 companies, they don't care about exposure. They don't care about... None of that stuff, like logos everywhere. Nobody cares. Everybody does that. (laughs) It's like for the bigger companies, they can spend millions of dollars and acquire as many new customers as they want. What they want is to keep their current customer base loyal and happy with them, regardless of whatever mistakes they make. So if you can pitch that in a way that's like, hey, your audience loves me, you know, it would Mm -hmm. make them love you even more as if you helped me. (laughs) Yeah, And that would make your audience go crazy. All of a sudden they're like angry with you because you shut down a whole bunch of bank accounts as part of a federal regulatory whatever. Well, if you sponsor me, they'll suddenly they'll stop talking about all that bad stuff and they'll start start talking about the good stuff. It's
0: it's crazy. For sure. Um,
1: That's a whole super intense conversation though. That's like basics (laughs) of if everything went really well. That's the same thing with like car brands and phone internet providers, insurance providers. Because then if it if it doesn't go well, if they're like, well, we don't like you, then you can go straight to their competitors and you can be like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> fun fact. <laughs> um, so that's a super, super, super basic look at audience in sponsorship and how it's Im- so important and people overlook it. Everybody says, oh, I don't have an audience. I only have 500 followers. It's like, Angel is my audience. You are my audience. Yeah. Doesn't matter if it's just you or if there's a hundred of you, you are my audience. So yeah. you only need one person. That's, that's the thing. One person. And then you can write out your story in a way that speaks to the masses. And then you can send out that survey and you'll get hundreds of people to respond to it. If you talk to one person. Yeah. If I talk to angel, everyone comes. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> And then you get to meet more people like you too, you
0: know? Yeah, like it's exciting for you too. It is, it is. It's awesome. It's been it's been incredible. <laughs> it's been a journey, an incredible journey. And I don't mean like homeward bound. <laughs> We're not getting <kidding>. lost. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched that movie. So
1: <laughs> um, do you have any questions for me?
0: No, I think that was super thorough and it made a lot of sense. Like I said, I I relate to it. I didn't know the specifics on like the sponsorship side, um, but I understand it. So I think that that was very enlightening. (laughs)
1: Oh, (laughs) Um, was there anything I showed you earlier this week? Because I showed you some stuff that we didn't talk about today that you found super helpful
0: or or crazy or or like, oh, my God. um i think the oh my god part was uh that it was me <laughs> it was like i was like this sounds really familiar i mean this is like exactly where i am in life is what it feels like so it it's just kind of fun i was like oh hey but yeah no other than that no not not that i can think of currently <laughs>
1: Well, cool. Um, maybe we'll do something cool where we like post this on social media. It's going on YouTube, so if you're on YouTube, leave a comment and like ask questions on this, and then we can yeah. do more stuff building off of everybody's like, "What just happened?" Because <laughs> there was a yeah. lot in this one, like a lot, a First lot. Um, so it went in a couple of different directions, and next time I think I need to condense it to like avatars. Survey is another one, like. That kind of stuff. I don't know. I feel like there were some good points in there.
0: (laughs) I I feel like it all tied in really well. But, like, I could see how you could go more in-depth with each, like, section. But um, I think you did pretty good at explaining it all and tying it all in together. So
1: Cool. Well, I think we'll leave the podcast on that. So, if you want the in-depth training on this, I'm going to get really good at this. If you want the (laughs) in-depth training on this, it's just $7. $7. and it's on my website, www.leakymushroom.com, and then click on the little sponsorship tab or go to mushroom, Moto ranch MOTO, M-O-T-O, not motor, MOTO Ranch, backslash sponsorships. <laughs> and now a word from our sponsors. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess that means we have to end on a dad joke. So I guess, Angel, it's your turn to tell a dad joke.
0: Oh, no, I didn't realize it was my turn. Um, shoot, what, I don't remember what we did last time. Oh, I did the fish hitting the wall joke. Oh, okay. Um, what starts with an E, ends with an E, and only has one letter? <laughs>
1: It's funny because you told me this and I don't even remember what it is. <laughs> As I was like, saying it, I, I, was like, say I, I think I called her like like a lamb. You, but both of them are wrong. I remember that,
0: but I no, don't remember, I
1: remember. what. what starts with an E and ends with an E and is only one letter. I don't know what is it, Angel. It's an envelope. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's terrible. Of course I know. it is. <laughs> I've got, got better ones when I'm on before. the spot like this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's awesome. All right, I gotta come prepared next week. All right, that's okay. it, everyone. Like I said, www.leakymushroom.com, and then go to sponsorships if you want more, seven dollars. Otherwise,
0: thank you. You guys next Bye. week. Bye. <laughs>